and we're going to wrap up with our favorites of the year, favorites of 2020. I'll start. I'm just going to list off the bottom, I don't know, like 15, and then I'll go, once I get to top 10, I'll talk about them a little more. So at the bottom, I've got Lock and Key, which is a show we reviewed, and it's about- Oh, really? That's at your bottom? Yeah, like, because I really enjoyed it. I uh, did too. That's a, that's a, actually my number twenty five. Also, this is my number twenty seven. But I'm just gonna oh, run through it. Okay, so, sorry. Lock and Key, kind of a fantasy show about like trauma and keys and like all these weird little things. Fun little show on Netflix. I recommend it. Devs, the philosophical FX show starring uh, Nick Offerman, Alex Garland. Show. It was uh, an interesting watch. Solar Opposites, the new Justin Roiland show. Uh, on Hulu, kind of a strange show, but ends up having like a pretty dope narrative about like small people and like how power corrupts. Yeah, absolutely, like a, absolute power. You didn't even, power you didn't even, you didn't even expect it to be fun. Uh, Big Mouth. This new season was cool. I like the way they interrogated uh, Missy's character a little more. Dead to me. I. This is just like a fun show to watch. I think this show is where they started to like turn up a little bit of like the. The murder, kind of like wackiness stuff. Mm. Shit's Creek, last season, really good, strong last season. Gonna miss this show. Mandalorian, the massive hit. I actually, I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't know if this is my favorite show, but it's a show that I enjoy watching sometimes. Mm-hmm. The Outsider, the Stephen King murder mystery about this monster, the Great, a. Period, period piece. Another show that infuses levity and comedy into like a situation where you wouldn't expect it. Close enough. It's the new JG Quintel animated show, HBO Max, the regular show guy. Fun show. Ted Lasso. We talked about it already. I liked it for all the reasons that we talked about. It's just like a sweet show to watch. I'd recommend it. The season of Insecure was great. Uh, they explored more of like. Issa's, I don't know. Tr- a friendship like, with Molly. A friendship with Molly, but also just like who, like interrogating where she is and like what the character is doing at this and point. Who she in her wants life. to be. Yeah. I thought that the season was, was tight. Rami, this season was great. Marshal Ali. It was kind of hard to watch sometimes because it was like such a piece of shit. And like Mar- Marshal Ali's like a good person. <laughs> Mahershala? Mahershala or Ma- Mahershala? The Oscar winner. The Oscar winner from Moonlight. Great in this. Next is The Boys, the new season of The Boys, interrogating marketing and ideology and like women's role in superheroes stuff. That was great. Run, this like strange murder runoff fantasy. I don't even know how to describe this. It's. I think you should just watch it. It's just, like, it's fun to watch, and, like, it's hilarious. And, like, the two main characters are, like, they have such chemistry. And they're sexy when you you wouldn't think of them as, like, traditionally sexy. But they're sexy in this. Yeah. And then these next couple shows, like, the next one is How To with John Wilson, a strange documentary series that's, like, uh... It's, like, found footage, but also, like, sweet narratives and, then like, a guide. I don't know. It's it's a strange show to describe, but it was uh, it was produced by Nathan Fielder, so 
I think it's it's definitely worth a watch on HBO. Uh, the next is High Maintenance. I love this season. This is the Rosie Perez season, I think. Uh, it's just this is like one of my favorite shows now because it's just such delicacy, but also like brutal honesty sometimes. I don't know. It's a fun vignette show about New York. Uh, all right, top ten. High Fidelity. This really? season of High Fidelity. This the, and only, the only the season. one and only season I really liked. It interrogated a lot of like why we're so pretentious about certain things. Like in the way that the movie did, but also just like I like, do if we're talking it, about updates, like this was a really good update too, yeah. right? Like This was a good yeah. It felt fresh. It felt like it had a lot to say about this like person who can't reconcile with who she is and love lost. Mm-hmm. Or like it's essentially like a breakup show. Yeah, like it's her dealing with a breakup, but also dealing with herself. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, how she caused that. Yeah. So I'm gonna move on. So good place. The the ending of the good place. I thought it ended so strongly. Such a like beautiful way of like describing the afterlife and like giving these characters a send off. And, you know, there's a lot to say about, like, ending a show by giving the characters what the audience believes them to deserve. And I feel like this is a masterclass in that. Like, it really does engage with that. Uh, number eight, Pen15. I cannot praise this show enough. I just think it's, like, brilliant. A contemporary, maybe, like, an honorary mention. Uh, Shrill, I really like Shrill this season, too. forgot mm-hmm. to mention it. Uh, but Pen15 is, like... It's just such a strange show that, like, ticks off so many boxes that just, like, hit for me. Oh, I didn't even add Eric Andre's show. That was fantastic this this year. It's in there somewhere. Probably not top ten, but huge, huge fan of that. Yeah, I just think this season was just, like, talked about, like, just more middle school shit that just, like, is awkward and weird and, like, hilarious. But the absurdity just, like takes it to a new level that you wouldn't expect it to go. Uh, the next show is What We Do in the Shadows. I think the show has been great since it came on. It's like a mockumentary show about vampires and strangeness. It's just like a good time to watch. Next is Rick and Morty. That was super fun. It continues to be one of the greatest shows on, I think. And next... Which is Better Call Saul. All right. So this season of, of, of uh, Better Call Saul, you know, it, it, it's like still one of the greatest shows because it brought like a spring back and like it's engaging with like who Saul is and like you starting to see more of him like finally become like the Saul that we knew uh, from Breaking Bad. There was just like one episode specifically about Mike and Saul getting stuck in the desert. And it's like such a fucking great episode. And Lalo, which is uh, one of the Salamanca brothers, who, like, a new a new character we haven't really explored. He's just, like, magnetic. He's great to watch. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this show. All right. My third pick is BoJack, the kind of final rendition of this series, which is really about engaging with its past and itself and the characters and, like, I don't know. They really stuck the landing with, mm-hmm. like, this, like, massive 
show that like it just was about so much. Yeah. It's about like about everything kind of. And holding and, its characters accountable to their actions. It also didn't end in like a happy Yeah. Mo- like it was in like a happy like now he's a better person and we can move forward. It yeah. just ended in like it kind of felt like it ended in the in between of things. Yeah. And I think that that was such a great way of ending it because because Bojack, like all of the characters on Bojack, felt like people, felt like people with lives who like have made decisions. Yeah, that- with lie, with like insecurities, with like traumas, with like baggage. Everybody mm-hmm. had something, and like I think they finally brought it together and like a very, you know, it wasn't as like uh, fan servicey as like the Good Place, but I think it really like explored these characters and like a. Uh, you know, an honest way mm-hmm. where it treated them with like weight and they, they're all characters that like I enjoyed watching for so long, but also like I realized you, 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 you see that like, yeah, they're not perfect, but like this isn't a sitcom. Like this isn't, this is like indirect conversation with like people who make sitcoms essentially, you know, like mm-hmm. this is about Hollywood and like, it's just, it, I don't know, it's just, like, one of the best stories I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. And I think um, the way they ended it was just so good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my number two pick, possibly number one, I don't know. These these two are kind of up in the air. But I May Destroy You, the fucking masterpiece show that came out. HBO Max by... Uh, Michaela Cole. Michaela Cole. This is there is so much. There's so many layers. There's so many like things to unpack, things to like explore, things to like see, and like just this story about somebody like getting control of her life, you know, and like removing herself from like destructive tendencies and like and growing up, but also so like damn hilarious sometimes, so damn fucking heartbreaking sometimes, and like it's just. Is it like the highs are really high, the lows are really fucking low. Like everything feels great. Mm-hmm. Everything feels like it's just firing on all pistons. Like everything's go and like there's nothing. I don't know. It feels like they considered so much about like the intricacies and like the difficulties of like going through a breakup but also like dealing with your life i don't know it just it just felt like such a fucking compelling story and like it's so relevant it's so like it explores our relationship with social media with dating apps with you know substances with like the me too movements with yeah it just has it just has so much that it's like Imposter trying, syndrome yeah, and like trying to explore and like unpack and shit. Yeah, I was a big fan. Uh, and then my number one pick, I guess, possibly you know, Ty, Lovecraft Country, the Jordan Peele produced Misha Green, Misha Green created show on HBO Max. Probably the I don't know. This show was like an event, you know, like watching this show every day or every week. Was like you came to find out about this like, I mean a Lovecraftian world, but like centered or like seen through, you know like 
black people's experience in the 50s but like also it's it's, it's it goes like it just I think that the setting is just a place to start and I am so curious to see where the show goes because I don't think time is necessarily going to play as big a factor like I think we might see some exploration of time or like I don't know like I think this show just hits so many boxes you know like the sci-fi stuff the dramatic stuff the action stuff it just has so much of like the things I like to watch mm-hmm. while also engaging with like the realities of how fucked up America's history is mm-hmm. and even America's like media and like America like all these things are just like constantly up in the air and like they're constantly unpacking like the difficulties of uh I don't know just like being a person being a black person in the US whether it's like you know, you can't go into certain cities because there's, like, uh, a sundown, a sundown city. But also just, like, what black interrogating what black people are allowed to like. Even something as simple mm-hmm. as, like, science fiction. Like, I think this is just a brilliant show. Mm-hmm. One of the best of this year. I think this is this year's Watchmen. And that's, that's, that's it for me. So, my list is probably going to sound very similar to yours. Um, at least when it comes to the top... Five, but I did watch a few shows that you didn't watch because we have some different tastes. The bottom 15 are not like in any particular order, you know? So Lock and Key, you also mentioned it. It was really entertaining. Um, I think it's also a really good comic book adaptation. I didn't read the comics. <laughs> but I think it's like, I think the fact that I didn't read the comics it like lends like weight to it because it feels like they saw like the vision or like the spirit of whatever the story they're telling and they were able to update it and tell it in a very compelling way the filmmaking was really great like the direction was really great the child actors at the end like at at first i was like who are they like i don't really care about them but like but like i actually like like them i think they did a, a good job so next is Devs. Uh, you went into it a little further. I think this is more your cup of tea than my cup of tea. I like begrudgingly yeah, but, like it. But talk about what you like about the shows that you're bringing up. Not what I like. Yeah, but it's because you already mentioned it. So I just need to highlight it. I like that it was very cerebral, but it like it was entertaining. I, I It felt like a puzzle, like a giant puzzle that we had to solve that like kind of made us question our own like our own mortality our own like choices free will like well how do we factor that in i don't know i guess i felt kind of pretentious watching it but um i really enjoyed it at the end of the day uh very confusing i mean it felt kind of like a christopher nolan film right where like you don't really know you don't really catch on with everything but at the end of it you feel like you learn something about humanity yeah I mean, it also felt like an Alex Garland thing. Like yeah. Like Annihilation or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I only mentioned Christopher Nolan because we just watched Tenet. It, it, it gave me the same feeling. Next is Love Life. We watched it during one of our roundups, but I actually finished it. I actually liked this the show in total. Like, it, it had a lot of faults, um, but I think it's about growing up and... Like, making the decisions that you don't know make you who you are until, like, you're 
like in it already until you're like an adult. Like it's like about adulting, but hash, it, hashtag adulting, but also not. At how the does it compare time. to something like High Fidelity? Because it, it is about like love, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think, about past relationships. I think it also doesn't take itself that serious. It doesn't take itself as seriously as High Fidelity. Like there's a little bit more like. Like this, yes, this is like a cheesy, cheesy kind of rom com show. Like it knows it's lame. Yeah, uh, and I think Anna Kendrick can bring in like the comedy elements and also like the dramatic elements really well. Um, while I don't think it's again, I don't, it's not a perfect show, but I think it's worth watch. And it really resonated with me as like a late twenty year old, like figuring life out still. Next is High Fidelity, and I think I like it for the same reasons I like Love Life. But I think High Fidelity is a better made show. That is actually, I feel like it's better. It's better, better made, better written, better filmed. But ultimately, it is also about growing up, dealing with breakups, figuring yourself out. And with I, an amazing fucking soundtrack. Yeah, um, and Zoe Kravitz is great, and she's just so cool. She's so, so cool. I can never not say how cool she is, because she is. Um, <laughs> actually, surprisingly, cool. Love Life the and High Fidelity, the the love interest in High Fidelity, the guy, is also in Love Life. The Her ex? Yeah, her ex is also in Love Life. And so there's like that little cute overlap. Next, Sex, sex Education, second season, did a great job of expanding the story, kind of... It's still like a weird high school setting in in Britain, and you feel like it's American. Also, strange. Gillian Anderson is in it, and she's super hot. But yeah, it's like sexy. It's fun. It's kind of like Degrassi. I think it did a really good job of continuing its trajectory this year and expanding on certain topics that teens go to go through. Next, never have I ever. I think it was really. Another teenage show about teenagers kind of just being teenagers and Mindy figuring. Mindy Kaling show. Mindy right? Kaling. It was funny. It was cute. Coming of age. Not a perfect show. But I'm excited to, like, I think the, I think the cast is really charismatic. And I would like, like, the main character. I think she's like, such a, like, she's so spunky. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to keep watching her and things. And I'm looking forward to where the story goes from here. Next is The Great. You fucking um, love this show. I really liked it. I actually, I, I sometimes it was a little too dark for me, but maybe that was a good thing. A good thing after all. I think Nicholas Holt is great. I feel like he should have won something for how ridiculous and absurdist his character was. Like it, he was a madman. Um, <laughs> it's such a joy to watch. But it's that. so much fun. Like the torture sequence like it's so good and i just i feel like not enough people talked about it Um, yeah to explain what the torture like nicholas holt is uh they're basically trying to find out who the rat is yeah as a russian the russian emperor at the time and he's trying to figure out who tried to poison him and so he tortures his whole like, like aristocracy his yeah like everybody that lives in the palace he tortures but like there's such a i think what what sells it and like what sells the hilarity is there's such a it's it's like an apathy but also just like uh this is how things are yeah it's just like yeah he's the he's the king like big, i just uh, have to follow him big death of stalin vibes mm-hmm. where like death means nothing you know mm-hmm 
Yeah, I just, I think Nicholas Holt was like a standout in that. And I was like really happy to see him on a TV show again where he can kind of just be ridiculous. And Elle Fanning, I don't know. She's actually like, I feel like I didn't care for her much. I would have liked the show more if she was more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's if, if there's any like faults of the show is that like she could she could have been a way more interesting character. But in I think it was just like her folly ultimately, mm-hmm. like the character's folly, not necessarily the performers. Just yeah, the character's folly to think that like. She could do this just like it was like some uh what is Dunning Kruger shit where like she thought she like could she like, read something she read uh, yeah she, she read she Voltaire could. and she's like oh yeah I'm <laughs> she, she literally met Voltaire and was like yeah I can take down the Russian oligarch <laughs> but yeah I think it was like a really enjoyable uh show that I if it's there's a second season I will be watching it and I will be excited to watch it. Next is The Duchess. Um, it's like a Netflix show, British show also by uh, Catherine Ryan. She's a comedian. She has a few stand-up specials on Netflix. And it's it's short. I binged it in like a night. And I don't know, it was really enjoyable. It's like about a mom who kind of gets like this like comedian lady American that gets stranded in, in the UK because she gets knocked up by a has-been boy band star and now she's stuck in the uk raising a british child and she's kind of an asshole but she's above all else like a mom and like she's trying to be a good mom i think it was really good next is the crown this season with diana princess Di was great i think they did a really great job with casting with costumes it's all fiction really so, wait, wait, I mean, what it's not you, all mean? fiction, but, like, it's, like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, little bits are filled in mm-hmm. um, and, like, dramatized for for it to be more entertaining. And I appreciate that. Like, it's, like, it's, like, a, like a soap. It's, it's like a novella. novella. Yeah, for sure. It's a novella and, like, it's a little, like, this season was much more exciting than a the other three seasons because of Princess Diana. And I think as an audience, we all wanted to see the Princess Diana years and we're excited that we're, we're there now. Yeah. Next is run. It's kind of low here. I think it was really much higher for you, but I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, Writing was great. Phoebe Wallerbridge was a writer, co-creator. Yeah, she was a co-creator, but also possibly the weakest part of that show. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really care about the cameo that, that she was in down the line. But I think it was so good. It was about, like... Well, her first time she came out was great. You know? Like, the first time she came oh, out... Oh, but then was, she had, like, an extended... Was funny, and then they started to do line. more, like, you know, that shit. Yeah. I, it was created by Vicky Jones, but I think she was, like, uh, the, the EP. Mm. But it was canceled. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Sad. But also, that makes sense. Yeah, I I, 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 this felt like a miniseries. Yeah. Um, I think it would have worked also as a movie, I said earlier. Yeah. And I think... Which is, which is now we can start talking about, like, the trend of, you know, like, a lot of these stories feel like stories that probably just can't exist as movies anymore because they're not viable anymore, you know? Yeah, but like, like you're not going to s- get box office. When you sell it to, like, a streaming service, you can basically tell a rom-com in... Uh, show form now, mm-hmm. which is we've talked about. Like, there's a few of them now. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, high fidelity is that. 
Yeah, I mean, the, some of the ones, like, Love Life, High Fidelity, Never Have I Ever, the, uh, I guess the Duchess, maybe, is, they're all a little, like, rom-coms, yeah. um, but now they've been adapted to TV format, yeah. like, TV show format, and I think Run is one of them that could have easily been a movie, and I would have been happy to see it as a movie, but I was also happy to see it as a show, and I think they dissected, like, you know, how it feels to grow older and to feel like your potential has been wasted and, like, the one that got away and, mm. like... Like midlife crisis. Yeah, like, you're disillusioned with your life, but also, like, you know... Excited by the process. The possi- there's change. still possibility, there's change, um, there's excitement. I really yeah. en- enjoyed the the events that occurred <laughs> in the show, in the season. <laughs> how you describe that? I think that's how I'll describe it. Uh, next is Rick and Morty. The Dragon Sluts? Yeah, it was a still great show. Uh, great writing. And they, like, continue dissecting, like, like, a family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what it means to be a father. Like, even though you're, like, a super genius, you know, basically a god, you still have your faults. And... Your family kind of hates you for them. Next is Fruits Basket. It's actually my only anime. But Fruits Basket, originally a manga, originally an anime in 2000, like early 2000s. A lot of us grew up watching it. Um, it was like one of those shoujo, shoujos that was like really introspective. Um, and I'm very, like, I was very excited to hear that they were like redoing it because having read the manga after after the original anime came out like there's so much more to explore it's about family trauma generational trauma but you it's all like wrapped up in this cute premise of like there is a curse on this family that like if you if like a person of the opposite gender hugs you or touches you you turn into an animal of the zodiac and it's like a curse but it's kind of played for laughs at the beginning and then later on they start dealing with, like, why is it a curse? Um, How has that curse impacted their lives? And, like, why can't they live like regular people anymore? Like, parents, like, disown other, like, their children because, like, a mom can't touch her own son. So I think it, like, delves into really sad, sad moments that you weren't expecting for, like, a more traditional shoujo anime. Next is Insecure. Love the season. You talked about it. I like that they explored their friendship, um, keeping friends in your life as you grow older, making time for them, making the decision that you want to make time for them and you want to keep them in your in their in your life. I think was really important this season, and I think it's an important lesson to learn as you get older too. So I appreciated that. Hell yeah, brother! Uh, next, love on the spectrum. I think it's my only reality TV show. Really? Yeah, I thought it was such a heartwarming look at like the autism community, what it means to fall in love. And like it, it was like very tender and it didn't other people on the spectrum. It did it, but more importantly it didn't other their love, you know, their romance and like the way that that manifests mm-hmm. and like you know starts or like any of that like it it really did treat them like 
any other reality TV show. Like it didn't, it didn't have to change the format for them in a way that like called attention to that. Like I don't know, it just it felt like there was a lot of thought into mm-hmm. like how to portray these, you know, relationships, dynamics, etc. Etc. Yeah, like I, I think it was like so well done, and it's like short. But it also got people kind of thinking and talking about it and talking about, like, you know, these things. Like, how does, you know, love work in the disabled community? How how do people date? Um, and, like, why are they ostracized all of the time when really, like, everybody just wants to find a person that loves them? Uh, and so, yeah, I'm putting it on here because, like, I think it's, like, such a gem of a reality TV show is the boys the boys season two was great they kind of just kept going you already talked about it like media how we how social media has affected public persona and how people are still virtue signaling and like putting on this persona without actually following through with a lot of the things that they supposedly stand for looking at like women in superhero roles women get it done the Me Too movement still recuperate, you, you know, like uh, recuperating your image after like a Me Too, after you've been Me Tooed. I think it was really good. So top 10. Rami, 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 Hell Rami. Yeah, brother Rami. Rami? How do you pronounce it? Rami. Rami, Rami right? Okay. Oops, we saw the show. <laughs> it's Rami. This like is the second, second season, by the way. I started se- second guessing myself. <laughs> Rami, you mentioned it. I think it's, I still also contemplate this show a lot because I still think that the fact that they made him such an asshole, they made him kind of like irredeemable at the end. It was such a brave, (laughs) like such a brave move. And I really commend the writers. Like, I think it was such a good move. The acting was phenomenal. Mia Khalifa came out. Yeah. Like, but like such a tasteful addition. Yeah. <laughs> like they made it work. They made her relevant. They made like I mean she's been relevant. But like relevant to the show. Yeah. Like it's not like oh yeah, we just wanted Mia Khalifa on. Yeah. It's like she was a character that Well actually like, it has been a thing. When the first season ended they're like, Yeah, we couldn't get her this season and he's just like Next season, inshallah, something like that. Yeah. Like he tweeted that. Like, it was like a... I mean, I I, I think that's... I believe that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely sounded like we want Mia Khalifa on the show. But they made it... They made it a reality, and they made it, like... They justified her yeah. her cameo. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was just really, really great. Nine is BoJack, for the reasons mentioned. We discussed it. Great ending to a great show. Holding characters accountable. I think actually Bojack and Rami have overlap in that, that like characters are kind of assholes and they keep, for the majority of the show, they are not held accountable. And so for Bojack, he is finally held accountable the last few seasons and he has to reckon with his decisions and how he uses women. Yeah. So great, great show, Bojack. Eight, Ted Lasso is really high up here because we, I think it's a lot of recency bias also. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think it was like a breath of fresh air. We talked about it a lot. I am happy that I watched it. Seven is two weeks to live. Aria, I love Macy. 
Um, I want to keep watching her and stuff. Even her bad stuff. I want to keep watching her. Did I not put two weeks to live on mine? I don't know. I thought I did. God. This this list shit is hard because you have to... Well, one, the pandemic has a way of, like, fucking up what you even think of as a year or, like, any metric for measuring time. And I forget what the fuck came out, you know? Like, there's just so much. But I, I thought I had put two weeks. Maybe you did. I really don't remember. But if I didn't, it's on there. It, it is <laughs> one of my favorites of the year, for sure. Yeah, we, like, my seven and eight, Ted Lasso and Two Weeks to Live, we watched them, like, back to back. Because we watched the first episode and we're like, we have to finish this. And I was so, like, I'm so happy we watched them because they're so they're so good. They're so, such a fun time. I want to live in, like, the Two Weeks to Live world um, where, like... They're like survivalist family with mines in the middle of the forest. Um, but also, like, they're hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's- all the conversations are, <laughs> like, hilariously awkward sometimes. Like, the the sister from Fleabags is She's like... so good. Life would be a lot a lot simpler if men just admitted they like it up the ass. Like, they like a finger up the ass and they like sweet <laughs> drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, little tidbits like that are just so good. I feel like we have to rewatch it someday. Six, what we do in the shadows this season explored um, Guillermo as a vampire hunter and his lineage as a vampire hunter and like why he's so good at it. And they made Harvey Guillen into like an action star um, at the end. And it was so great. Like, like he's a big dude. He's a big Latino dude. And like they made him into an action star and it was so much fun to watch. Um, so enjoyable. It definitely was an event every week, uh, while the show was still on. Five, Schitt's Creek. Uh, we got Stockholm Syndrome into loving the show, and I truly love the show. I think the world they crafted was so inviting where people were able to, like, become the best version of themselves. Uh, and you know, I'm a sucker for that. And this season is the end of, like, a very well, like thought out and realized project yeah and if if the project was like make these annoying as fuck characters uh you know like sympathetic then i think it accomplished it yeah because i ended up truly caring about these characters by the end of the series like how do we rehabilitate these like formerly wealthy asshole selfish people narcissists and how do we make them lovable and likable? And they they did that. Yeah. And it, there's also a lot to say about, like, the power of community and, like, their community and, like, the, the little Canadian characters. show that could yeah. kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Happy we watched it. Happy we were able to experience, like, the end like we did. Next, Pen15. This season really resonated with me. So, so good. That fucking witch scene, dude. This- it's just, so good. It, it was really hard for me to watch because I felt like in those moments of cringe, I was like, God damn it. I did something like that. You know, like I think I told you, like, I like rented a book from the library about witchcraft. And in it, there was <laughs> as, a, as a sixth grader, <laughs> I rented a book from the library, from the school library. And there was a recipe, a love uh-huh. Love potion. I don't even remember what it was. I don't think it was a love potion. I think it was just like get what you want. P- 
potion or something. And like, I wrote it all down just so I could recreate it at home. And then like, I did it and like nothing happened. And I was really upset because I was like, I thought I was supposed to be a witch now. And that's how I felt. I relived that moment watching Pen15. And it's so great. Three is the good place. I feel like I'm talking a lot about like, the shows that make me feel happy inside um, where like the, the world is like filled with people that want to be better people. And I've, I feel like I've repeated this, that a lot in this list, but I think the good place actually tackled with philosophy in like a very like nuanced way and like people's like, but also approachable. Yeah. Like a very like layman's term, like, approachable to everybody like everybody can understand these like very complex philosophical arguments it, it felt like it, we were, i was in a like college course but a more enjoyable college course than my actual philosophy course uh i hated my philosophy course but anyway the season was great i love that they like gave all the characters like a send-off a proper send-off yeah it was just so good it was I love I loved it. I cried at the end. Happy that it ended in such a good note. I too cried. Sad that it's over. And then Shout out shout out uh Crossroads. Meet me at the Crossroads, Crossroads, Crossroads. Crossroads. Meet me at the Crossroads. Iconic. Iconic. Two is Lovecraft. You talked about it. It was your number one, but it also kind of reminded me of like the bet, like there was like a sexiness. Like, yes, it dealt with like horror. Absolutely. It like it dissected. Um, it was in conversation with the horror genre. <laughs> in conversation with the horror genre and with like race relations in the United States, but it was also sexy. There was like a sexiness about like like the occult and Jonathan Majors. Sexy, yeah, sexy like, man. Yeah, I mean, but also like the queer. It's, uh, you Jamie, know, Jamie Chung, uh, Jamie Chung as uh, Kumi Ho was also really sexy. I, like it, I think there were some elements, and this might be controversial, but that reminded me of True Blood and like the kind of like campy sexiness of it all. True Blood was not a perfect show by any means, but it was sexy baby. it was really sexy and i think that they accomplished that like like uh the sister what's her name ruby not letty ruby ruby so sexy like she's like commanding like, presence yeah every time she's on screen like her skin is beautiful her makeup so well done she like, got the yitties yeah like it's just it's I don't know like i think she also that- like literally fucks in like multiple bodies and like it, yeah no, 100% agree. It's so sexy. Um, super sexy. Super sexy. So sexy. So sexy. Yeah, and so for all the the things you mentioned, I like it. And also because of the sex. And then my number one for the year is I May Destroy You. Hell yeah, brother. I think Michaela Cole is just such... A genius. Such a genius. Like, she's so... She's like a So savant. talented. I think with this show... She is in conversation, lulls, with uh, Phoebe Waller-Rich. I think she's like a powerhouse of storytelling. Yeah. And like from the interviews, like this was obviously like a passion project, extremely personal. 
Like, you can feel like she, like, poured her soul out into crafting this. And what came out was so amazing, so relevant, so fresh, so, like, all of the superlatives mm-hmm. Im- imaginable. She should win all of the awards. It just felt like I was watching art. Yeah. You know? Yeah, truly. Well, even, and, and laughing, you know, laughing and, like, Crying. being upset, being so upset at the character for making yeah. such such terrible decisions it also like proves that like you don't you can be pretentious and like still tell a good compelling funny whatever story and i mean like fucking uh we are who we are is that the name of it Mm -hmm. it was about like you know being in europe but like it didn't have the story you know like it didn't have much of a story to to tell and this one just like had everything Mm -hmm. had all the stories engaged with like you know, the way people travel in Europe and, like, kind of this fluidity and, like... And friendships, the way you deal with friendships and, like, you know, prop like, doing problematic things, but also, like, being a victim, but also being the... Victim the, like, of circumstance, victim of, like, a different... But also, like, a powerful, like, a phoenix story, right? Like, a... A rebirth. Rebirth, resurgence, re-like... I don't know, it's just like a... There's so many themes that it's hard to unpack. Yeah, and Michaela Cole's, like, also as an act... Like, uh, she's just such a... Just such a powerhouse. Because as an actress, like, her face is so striking. It tells, like, most of the story for you. Yeah, and, like, the mono- like her monologue when she's, like, in the circle, in the group circle, about, like, how men you know, how men see women and, like, what they think that they can, like, how predators get away with things because they they know there's, like, a line. Remember that monologue? Yeah. It was, like, kind of Fight Club-esque. Yeah, very, um, like, uh, philosophical. But it was, so like, because her face is so striking, yeah. you can't look away. And then the social media spirals were great. Like, it's just... It's just got a lot of the stuff that we just like. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was ticking a lot of boxes. It, it Yeah, it definitely felt like an event of, like, you were watching something that was special. Mm-hmm. You know? It was hard to watch a It lot was very, yeah, it's it a very... Very triggering, like, very like It's almost hard. like, I don't know if I want to say this, but it was like, you went to, like, a drug spiral and came out with, like, su- such clarity at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, true clarity, you know? Like... She truly resolved some of her like real issues. Yeah, like she dug she dug deep and like I also like how they like showed therapy. Um and how like sometimes you can't like even though you go to therapy, you can't get closure through therapy. Sometimes you have to look at other v- venues to process therapy. And for for her character, for Arabella's character it was through writing and like that's how she was able to process her trauma and like this huge life changing event that happened to her and yeah sometimes like creating is the best way to process things oh i guess honorable mentions watch julie and the phantoms for children more i guess it's more on like the magical girl realm but it's cute she's like spunky latina character where, like, she's just, like, a regular kid and, like, she wants to be, a, like, a star. Avenue 5, kind of fun. Yeah. Honorable mention for me. Um, I enjoyed watching it at the end. I don't think the show was good. 
I had yeah, I was kind of lopsided. It was but kinda, I think I, I I think at the end I enjoyed it. I enjoyed parts of it. I just it, it wasn't. I, you felt like the concept was stronger than the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Attack on Titan, I guess. Honorable mention. The season is still going, but I don't know if I put it. I think it's still pretty great anime. I don't think the season is good as the last yet. Mm. Yet. 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 Which is why I'm not putting it. Mm. Like if it finished, maybe. Um, yeah, and that's it. That closes out the end of the year podcast. Uh, if you made it this far. Rumbling. Why? Why did you listen to this? What's wrong with you? Yeah, we've just been like rambling. Yeah, nah, we haven't been rumbling. But rumbling. I mean, there's there's definitely a structure. <laughs> yeah, but this was a good year for TV. Um, in, in the midst of a terrible year. Uh, for life. Yeah. So if you listen to any episode this year, thank you. Thank you. And stay safe. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Or see you in 2021. All right, fam. Peace. Bye.